0: Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Robots Radio presents You're listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast The best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters To those curious about D&D To learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore Of Dungeons & Dragons Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio,
0: and I am Mary.
1: And we've got another humdinger of a show. We, we've, you know, we want to end 2022 with a bang. And Big bang. What bigger bang than the two like likely most powerful and also likely most notable, most notable dragons in D lore yeah so this week we will be covering the one and the only platinum dragon bahamut and then next week well what's the uh the other side of that coin
0: oh the other side of that coin is our precious sweet dragon queen tiamat
1: and this sort of like ties into dragonland since mm-hmm. you know it's they've you know uh d uh as sort of been coy about whether Takesis is Tiamat. Mm-hmm. Um and but it's Shadow of the Dragon Queen, in according to 5e, they're one and the same. Yep. These godlike dragons traverse planes and worlds and, and show up across Greyhawk, mm-hmm. across Faerun, across Kryn. And so we're gonna we're gonna sort of keep it parallel with Dragonlance. We've got a lot of Dragonlance content this month. And you know uh deservedly so. Shadow of the Dragon Queen dropped. It's fantastic. I just got my copy of Warriors uh, of Kryn board game, and it is it is quite lovely. I can is it amazing? I can't wait to just eat it all up. Like I wish I could consume. Like, have you ever seen a Red Dragon? It was like, the in uh, person? No. Or the, the the movie, the movie Red Dragon? Oh,
0: no, I don't think so. No. Uh,
1: it's like it's a it's a prequel to Silence of the Lambs. And in it, the villain like literally eats a painting because he wants to like be one with it. And that's how I feel sometimes with my D&D stuff.
0: That is not the direction I thought any yeah. of that was going. The, like, that every sentence, every sentence just got in got weirder.
1: That, <laughs>
0: it did. There was a twist. Every single word. Every yeah. single word. I am impatiently waiting for my book to arrive. I, know, I have you're getting... two more days to wait
1: that's 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 so weird because we we ordered yours first we did we order your copy first so yeah but i don't know maybe it's because you live out in the boonies who knows
0: it probably is they're like why are we sending it to that town nobody but lives nobody there. we lives gotta double check that... that there's actually a D fan down that there, far there's... in the south in the boonies.
1: <laughs> there are and it's you
0: redneck lore mistress let's go
1: So let's talk some Bahamut. That needs to be on your tombstone. That needs to be in your obituary.
0: I'd wear that shirt.
1: So Bahamut, the Platinum Dragon, has been described both as the king of all good dragons and as a deity in his own right. Certainly, he is a unique creature who, if legend tells right, has existed from the first day that dragons appeared on Toril or any other planet sages continue to debate the true nature of bahamut is he the archetype of all good dragon kind? is he an avatar of a greater deity or is he a fluke of nature a powerful mortal creature who is worshipped by other mortals So just a little little primer on what to expect from this platinum dragon
0: Yes.
1: so again like i said you know uh bahamut is platinum dragon the dragon god of justice and he's also known by the following titles which i feel like we've gone on record and i don't think it's uh you know we're we're gonna backpedal any but Mm -hmm. we've gone on record that all the villains have all the great nicknames it's true like if you're a bad guy if you're a bad gal you've probably got at least a couple of dope ass nicknames
0: it's true they got some they got some wicked awesome nicknames
1: Whereas the good guys, the good gals, uh they uh their nicknames kind of suck. They
0: That's do. A... They seem more like solid and I don't know how to I guess regal, I guess, or more yeah. proper. Almost. Right. Like it's more proper and regal and there's a there's an air that you expect a good guy to have.
1: Right. You right. know, with
0: the puffed chest and the shoulders back and the chin up. Like so that the you know, the names kinda go with it.
1: Right. Like, you know, the, and then the, the bad guys, hero thank of you. light
0: yes and then the bad guys are like you can call me what you want i don't care
1: like you can call me the skull of vipers like wow that's so cool
0: i want to be a cool
1: nickname but if of all the do-gooders that we have talked Mm -hmm. about their nicknames i think bahamut probably has the best ones even though they're nowhere near as cool as what you know we'll hear next week from tiamat
0: are we neutral evil
1: I mean, I don't think that's it. that comes as any surprise to anybody.
0: <laughs> it's it's a little shocking the realizations happening now. Like yeah. right now you guys are hearing it happen. Huh. All right. I guess I'm neutral evil.
1: Bye well, by me. It's it's good now that we've that's out in we've the open.
0: Established. Yeah. I feel so, I feel better. So, some so of these What sort of titles? Right. So
1: <laughs> we've got the Angel of the Seven Heavens, which Aww. is kind of dope. That is, uh, yeah. Draco Paladin.
0: Okay, okay. The
1: God of Dragons or Grandfather of Dragons. And I like this one a lot. My, um, you know, my uh, flamboyancy, my flamboyant nature likes this one. The Grand mm-hmm. Master of Flowers.
0: Oh, I wonder what his favorite flower is.
1: The King of Good Dragons. Again, you That's know. That's pretty
0: solid, pretty standard fare.
1: But sort of vanilla.
0: It is very vanilla. That is the best description. They are vanilla nicknames, the nicknames.
1: Justice Maker again, probably the second coolest on here. Maybe. And then this, and then this last one's kind of dope, Lord of the North Wind.
0: I like that one a lot too. I because like it's it's
1: it's very like much in like character, like you know, Lord of. Yeah, but it's got North the, Wind is sort of like, oh, what does that mean? That's kind of cool.
0: I like it. I like it. It implies a coldness to me though, but game of thrones fan i liked the books <laughs> before they were turned into shows too so it just that's what was, yeah, the north north is cold
1: the north is cold
0: <laughs> north is cold
1: <laughs> uh, legend implies that bahamut uh, is the only platinum dragon a wholly unique creature who spans uh, over 400 feet from the tip of his nose to the tip of his tail with scales that shit. glow with a faint bluish hue and are rumored to be virtually indestructible
0: that is, that is four football fields.
1: That's a, that's a lot of football fields. That's four we Americans fields. will literally use anything, but, the sure anything
0: but I try to visualize it with something that I'm familiar with myself Um, in, in, in ratio to essentially like how big like, is that dang old B- Bahamut? He's about four football fields. He's about four football fields. Hey, I was in marching band. I can, I can, it was a nerdy situation, not a sportsy. I'm not a sports ball kind of guy.
1: Um, Bahamut is also one of the most powerful and revered gods in addition to being pro- like likely the only platinum dragon in all of existence. And he is subservient only to Torm, who was the leader of the triad, which is an alliance of good aligned deities. Ooh. And in the wake mm-hmm. of Tyr's death, the original leader of the triad, Torm took his place and Bahamut was essentially promoted to occupy uh much like the same knightly place that Torm had with Tear.
0: Right, right, right. So they're moving up and he's taken up his assistant with him because that's the right, guy so... he wants as his right hand man.
1: Right. So ex- that's exactly what it is. So sort of like, yeah. you know, Tyr was sort of like, you know, like the Zeus of of the mm-hmm. of the Pantheon. And when, when he died, I believe it was in the spell plague, uh Torm took his place. Uh, yes. At least and so. Torm was his right hand man. And so he sort of like, you know, elevated Bahama to that position. I like uh, him. in Bahamut's lifetime he has visited every known world and playing at least once due to his insatiable curiosity which I, I love that I love, I love that he's like not doing it to for any other reason just uh, you know like what's going on over here I relate to that I think I, it's yeah. why I own yeah. like beyond Dungeons and Dragons why I own so many different tabletop role playing game rule books
0: yeah that's I mean, that's your thing. Get it's after it. I support it. Thing. It's sort
1: uh, of a thing. I support it. But well, thank you. As as the co-host of the Dungeons and Dragons podcast, I would hope so.
0: I do. <laughs> it's been beneficial to me for you to have this hobby, actually.
1: And so as such, the God of Dragons, in addition to being part of the Freyrunian Pantheon, is also mm-hmm. known as Zymor in the Draconic Pantheon and was also known as Marduk in the lutheric pantheon until that dissolved following the events of the orc gate wars which
0: another awesome title
1: i know the orc i mean it's sound and i as soon as i saw that i'm like what what is this what i is need this? to know what I this is all to... about and i looked it up and it is pretty freaking dope and um i don't see how we i don't know if there's enough heft to it for a full-blown episode but we might certainly do yeah. like a mini episode on it we or at least a, a perhaps like a bonus episode, a patron Ooh. bonus. That sounds fun. And of course, following the Shadow of the Dragon Queen's release, it's officially canon that Bahamut is also Paladine in mm-hmm. the Kryn pantheon of Dragonlance, which also means that he is known to gallivant the planet as a human wizard known to mortals as Fisben the Fabulous. Yeah. So we've always known that Paladine is also Fisben, So, but now right. it's official that Bahamut mm-hmm. is, you know, Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel. Fisben is <laughs> Bahamut. so glad that's the reference you went with. Uh, in in <laughs> fact, most of Bahamut's interactions with mortals have come in the form of Fisben or other humanoid guises that he takes and we'll discuss those as well. Uh, because mm-hmm. only a few living beings have ever seen Justice Maker in his true form. Oh. Beyond Fisben, he's also rumored to wander around amongst mortals as an elderly man, followed by seven yellow canaries. That's probably his most famous uh, besides Fisben. Uh, also a straggly-appearing huh. street urchin with seven ragtag friends, or a beggar that's surrounded by barking dogs. A few folk tales reveal why Bahama disguises himself in the way he does you know they're more concerned with that plot twist when the old man with the canaries suddenly becomes this you know giant Uh majestic dragon Mm -hmm. you know they'll really like like, that
0: would be he's trolling people i mean he's super trolling
1: i mean yeah it's either he's trolling or he's like sort of like um that celebrity that just like wants to go out Mm -hmm. and do you know, normal things. I just he's just like to be a
0: normal guy.
1: The, he's like the Jasmine from Aladdin of mm-hmm. D&D. That's, <laughs> gotta... that's
0: another random. Man, I'm, I'm on something today. today.
1: Like, what is going yeah. on?
0: Are you okay? Are you Red you okay, Dragon,
1: Nina? Ace Ventura Pet Detective, Aladdin. Aladdin? This is, I mean, this is what you get from the D&D lore cast. I don't know what to tell you. I don't. <laughs> If you're looking, you're looking, welcome, if you're looking for D and D lore without obscure, weird references, then mm-hmm. this is not the show to get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're gonna be like,
0: what? <laughs> Random reference, lore cast. That's that's what we're doing
1: today. It is. It is with some D and D sprinkled in. With some D
0: and D sprinkled in.
1: Uh, Bahamut sometimes travels around the world in disguise to assist his followers followers directly especially if one of tiamat's insidious plots needs to be thwarted Uh, but more often he walks the natural world to seek out quote worthiness a subject he waxes philosophical about and the topic of much of the sage advice that he dispenses to those that he meets so So it is
0: trolling in a way but it's not necessarily in the typical troll fashion it's to test people
1: I mean, it, it have to test people to, to like, to see, uh, to seek mm-hmm. out, um, like folks truly, that good he, or truly bad. yeah, that, Cause I mean, he is the, the lawful, good God mm-hmm. of justice and, 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 uh, like I said, like very much lawful good. And so, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to find those that sort of, you know, fit into that alignment as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's the way to do it is to see who's, um, See who's willing to support and be kind to those that are not necessarily capable themselves. Take care of the weakest ones among you. That's what you're supposed to do.
1: Right, which is something that Bahamut is all about. He's all about right, like right. The, the the smaller guy, like, you know, protecting them. And mm-hmm. when he walks yeah. the world, he tries to discern the worthiness of everything that he encounters. And worthiness like in this aspect is viewed through the lens of justice and nobility and honor. I like it. I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's a do-gooder for sure. Yeah. Uh, Consequently, he uses his uh, deific power to help others fight rather than just turning his platinum into his platinum dragon form and learn and just tearing through the enemies in the blink of an eye. So, I mean, he's not, uh, and he's also not just going to like fix your problems. He's like, Hey, like, I'm going to like fight alongside you, but I'm not going to like just win the fight for you.
0: Just gonna say it's kind of refreshing to have a big, strong, powerful guy that we're talking about, and he's not using it to his benefit necessarily. Not using that power just solely for you know selfish need means.
1: Right. Exactly. He wants to assess the worthiness of those that he's fighting alongside, and Mm -hmm. so you know he blesses them, he heals his fellow travelers, but does little direct fighting himself. And additionally, as a DM, (laughs) additionally. The, those barking dogs uh, or those ragamuffin friends that he's seen with and more frequently the seven canaries traveling traveling alongside one of bahamut's disguises they're actually gold dragons also in disguise each of them a member of bahamut's court oh and while bahamut enjoys the company of all good dragons he prefers gold dragons to serve under him directly and those who do they do so until death or until they are too sick and they're too infirm that you know that they, they can't continue right. one way or the other
0: right it's a lifetime position
1: exactly and mm-hmm. to find a replacement he much like he does with you know mortals he observes all goldworms secretly testing them with elaborate dangerous challenges to test their metal so he wants to he he's seeking out worthiness in them as well And then only the most noble and courageous of gold dragons have a chance to be selected. And one of the myths behind that is that these gold dragons are actually spirits of dead kings of justice that have been returned to the material plane, the prime material plane by Bahamut to serve him. Mm. You were such a great guy in life that I'm going to bring you back as an awesome gold dragon you get
0: to come back as something better that's like the ultimate reincarnation
1: right a gold dragon yeah absolutely
0: yeah like okay you, i'm down
1: like you can led sign up such to... a good life
0: can i sign up to come back as a gold dragon Is that an option? oh that's that
1: just the fact that you would that you would ask makes you makes it seem not worthy mm. right yeah i feel like that's i feel like It would be the one who was like, oh no, like you should pick so-and-so like he's really good. You know, like the humble one. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Don't ask me to get into
1: the mind of a dragon.
0: (laughs) It's a terrible place to be. Scary.
1: And so for these more important or for uh, these like for important tasks, but they're not quite important enough to demand that personal attention, he'll Mm just dispatch one of these seven dragons. Oh, Okay. Each works on specific tasks and no one knows if there's any sort of hierarchy among them, whether like, you know, if he has a right hand dragon or if they're just all kind of like is, you know, about the same
0: level. Right. Keeps them on their toes and keeps them from fighting for power. If nobody knows, then nobody can, you know, there's no way to know.
1: And so these are the seven current worms in Bahamut's inner circle. There is a Borkad the Claw. Compulsive and obstinate, Borkad represents Bahamut as the hand of justice. He chronicles the laws of many lands, as well as Bahamut's personal code. He's more than a glorified secretary, though. Borkad enforces Bahamut's laws against those who can't be stopped by any other means. And then there's Curia the Eye. This sleek serpentine dragon remains aloof, sometimes threatening, even to those she knows well. Her task requires secrecy taking advantage of her suspicious nature. And then there's I like her. <laughs> I knew you would as soon as I read that description <laughs> I'm like that's going to be Mary's oh, favorite. Oh she's
0: sneaky and heck and sus I'm in.
1: Uh Songrad the Wing is Bahamut's messenger. Mm. Powerful wings that let her fly at great speed. She's most commonly encountered. She is the most commonly encountered of the seven mm. dragons. Uh, though focused and businesslike while on a mission, she's also a curious thrill seeker. Bahamut usually gives her a bit of time after each task she completes to explore the places she's visiting. So it's like, you know, like, okay, like take care of business and then a little bit of pleasure, you know? Yeah. It's like when you, if you go on a business trip and you have to travel for it. You might, like, take a vacation day or two, just, like, kind of hang out May in the as city well just and,
0: see the location. Um, yeah, if you're going to be there, I'm already here. I I'm should just take here. a look around.
1: I should probably just look around.
0: Let's poke um, around a little.
1: There's Grumar the Voice. The slender Grumar mm-hmm. is a master negotiator sent out to settle disputes and prevent bloodshed. Though his speech sounds tranquil and warm, it never reveals a hint of weakness. Oh, Then there is Moroshak the tail, massive and genial. Moroshak is the closest thing Bahamut has to a bodyguard. Though he's usually friendly, he's merciless in combat. So Mm -hmm. I see him as like the the strong, silent type, you know? Yep. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tronaxia the presence, a magnificent, shining creature. Tronaxia is sent to cow the proud into submission using the majesty of her presence. Unlike Grumar, who is the master negotiator, She intimidates instead of conversing. Bahamut sends her out when he encounters obstinate resistance that requires a more blunt approach. I
0: like it, to use that for a good rather than a negative. It's nice to see that. It's interesting.
1: And then there's Urgula the Fang. When Bahamut musters a great army, Urgula leads them. Her knowledge of tactics is unsurpassed, and she flies over the battlefield to scout and command. Normally proud and uncompromising, Orgula sometimes becomes stubborn or rude when she's in a bad mood. Same, girl, Also a thing same. I identify with. <laughs> same. <laughs> same.
0: Same. Hard same.
1: <laughs> so to wrap up the, the little discussion on, on his court, you know, why gold dragons? Like why only yeah. gold dragons? Some sages speculate it is because hundreds of centuries ago, the platinum dragon himself was a gold worm whose great goodness caused him to transcend his golden form and become a unique breed uh-huh. of dragon. And so perhaps he's trying to find that worthiness again in them to see if possibly, you know, that transformation can occur a second time
0: to others. Oh, right. he's got to be kind of lonely.
1: That's my personal theory.
0: Maybe I like it. That's where he came from. So he's going to reach out and help those. He didn't forget where he came from.
1: Right, exactly. So, what are some ways that you could either injure or even possibly kill Bahamut?
0: I wasn't gonna ask that. I wouldn't. Why would you? It's why not. Would you come wanna, on,
1: Mary. You don't gotta lie to kick it. You don't have to lie to kick it.
0: <laughs> I wasn't gonna kill him off or try to. You're the one who has to kill a god in really big, bold letters.
1: Well. I'm saying like this could be this is just a few ideas if oh. the PCs need to save Bahamut. Oh. Like, you know like you like you know that's that's the plot you have to thwart.
0: Oh, I see. I see. I see. Right, like becoming or, a hacker you know, to prevent bad things from happening?
1: Yeah, or like, you know, maybe uh-huh. you just maybe you just want to kill him. I don't know.
0: Oh, not me. Sure. Not today.
1: Bahamut offers his protection when ritually called by high priests of his faith. Uh faith. Okay manifesting in his draconic form so that's something that uh is available to uh, his followers to his worshipers
0: those temples must be huge
1: however go out in a field i mean yeah no i have like this grand temple um however sinister forces could corrupt this ritual altering key parts of it and by obtaining access to one of those grand temples to perform it they can then battle the summoned bahamut presumably to the death
0: oh okay
1: and one thing I discovered is this cool thing called discorporation so when okay. a a deity is bloodied the deity's uh-huh. mind leaves its body and the deity is unable to assume physical form for some time that's that's what's known as discorporation so that's really cool like a fail safe like hey like I don't want to die so if I get hurt like I'm just going to like dip out for a while
0: yeah I'm going to perform the godly dip and I'll be back in a, a few months <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. They usually last a few months, uh, but it can sometimes take several hey. years before the deity can Ooh. resume its form. Uh, and during this time, the deity's power is weaker, but, you know, it's not like he doesn't exist, but it's it definitely, right. you know, somewhat weakened in a weakened state. Right. So if, you know, NPCs or even player characters wish to truly kill a deity, they must fulfill one or more conditions specific to that deity. Uh, this mm-hmm. could require destroying the deity's most prominent temple, or finding an artifact that can deliver the killing blow. Right. Uh, and if those specific conditions are satisfied, the deity cannot discorporate and instead becomes bloodied as normal. Oh. So that bell safe is no longer active, and now now you're just throwing. There's a
0: loophole.
1: Now you're just throwing blow, 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 throwing hands, throwing blows with throwing
0: the god. Hands? I oh, that's terrifying.
1: And so what are some of these ways that Tiamat or some other evil deity could hope to destroy the angel of the seven heavens? So it, like I said there's you know uh, one or more conditions need to be uh satisfied right so that, in order to to sort of prevent, uh, prevent discorporation. So mm-hmm. one of them could be uh hidden within one of Bahamut's titles. Oh? If you notice I labeled him or he was labeled as the god of dragons or the grandfather of dragons mm-hmm. but why not father well it's whispered that oh. bahamut has a son somewhere along the plane among the plains who has rebelled against his father for reasons unknown that oh, child man, if found it's
0: just a phase
1: could, could face down his father in battle and claim his birthright taking bahamut's place among the deities Thus far, thankfully for Bahamut himself, even the most powerful evil soothsayers have been unable to learn the name or location of Bahamut's son. Another way, Just th-
0: rebelling going, against your father, and your father is Bahamut. I mean,
1: like, it could have gone any other way.
0: No, probably not.
1: Another, we love it. <laughs> another condition that you know could possibly be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Is that Bahamut regards himself as as virtue, as honor, as justice coalesced into a living form? Okay. So if Bahamut could somehow be tricked into doing something inherently and irre, uh, irre, irrevocably dishonorable, mm-hmm. he would have no choice but to shuffle off his mantle of godhood, lest the very concept of honor be forever tainted. Oh. And so then, once bereft of godhood, once he is right. now just a mortal dragon, then Bahama could be destroyed as easily as any other ancient dragon as any i mean i, I use normal in very in the loosest of terms when discussing There's some ancient quotations dragons, there but uh but I mean like as easily and i say he's again at the the same easily. way one could kill an ancient dragon there you go you know the same would apply to bahamut at this point point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so again just a few ideas for pcs to either you know a plan for them to thwart or mm-hmm. you know if they're feeling froggy perhaps you know a reason needed to kill him.
0: i guess but okay okay so you know how to kill him but where did he come from how did he get there
1: well, How we're going to about, we're gonna talk about we're going to talk about his real life origins
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and where he kicks it, and that might have some uh, some like you know insight into where he comes from, and then also okay. we're going to discuss his worshippers, his aspects, and his exarchs. After we come awesome. back from the middle of the show.
0: Oh, it's so middly in there. <laughs>
1: it is it is midly in here now that you mention it
0: it is i we've got a lot of middle stuck in this room. I don't know why I imagine it's going to a different room for the middle of the show, but you know, just to walk through the uh through the old dungeon.
1: there's so much middle in this show <laughs> well, it's first and foremost Midley. let's let's do the most important thing that we have to do in the middle of the show, which is thank our patrons. Thank you yes. so much to our patrons on patreon.com slash DD lore mm-hmm. Uh it is thanks to your support that we're able to start doing a bunch of the stuff, a bunch of the ideas that we've that we've had uh, you know, that are gonna come to fruition in 2023. Um, such as awesome merchandise that awesome. I feel is just like, you know, something like stuff that any D fan would like to wear. You know, right. Um, you know i just you know i i remember i was listening to a a wrestler by the name of uh uh brody king okay. and he was talking about how like in his opinion like a bunch of like wrestling t-shirts were kind of like sort of um you know kind of just you know whack you know they're like not very cool anyway right. I, I wanted my merchandise to seem like like band t-shirts like he grew up listening to like punk rock yeah. and metal and he's yep. like, I want my shirts to look cool, you know, like not necessarily like, you know, like, you know, band t-shirts is that, or a, a wrestling t-shirts. And that's kind of like the mentality we took is, you know, yeah. we want our merchandise to look cool and not necessarily like a podcast t-shirt.
0: Right. I want to produce merchandise that is something that I would also buy and something I would also wear because I can't I, I couldn't in good conscience produce something and make it. And then ask somebody to put their hard-earned money and time into it if I don't believe in it. Like, that's not cool. (laughs) You don't do
1: that. No, no, exactly. And make stuff
0: that you would want that you would enjoy.
1: Right. And so we are commissioning artists to Mm -hmm. make fantastic works of art. Uh, We are working very diligently on the magic items of the week. Like title, you know, uh, working title uh, for the DMs Guild. Because uh, it's not just magic items, like you know, they're like mm-hmm. Tom. I remember Tom created some NPCs, and you know, uh, Crit and myself created some um weapons of legacy, and so yeah,
0: some different different things in there. Yeah, it's
1: gonna be a lot of cool stuff. It's like it's like a homebrew, like it's a homebrew haha, to be honest. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's thanks to the um, the folks on the Patreon, uh, yes. their support that we're able to do stuff like that. And if you're interested in joining the Patreon, like I said. Patreon.com/slash/dndlorecast, and we have several different tiers, anywhere from yes. five bucks all the way to seventy-five. And they've all got really cool perks and benefits to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, that aforementioned merchandise you can get uh, some of for free. Uh, you can get yep. bon- our the aforementioned patron bonus episode that we're going to do on yeah. the Orc Gate Wars. Uh, that's going to be on there, and yep. then you also have like workshops that you could. You know, Mary and myself will help you write a campaign or Absolutely. learn how to play D&D, yep. you know, or join a run a one shot for you and your friends. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I mean, it's, I, I feel, and again, in, in keeping with the mentality of like, you know, creating merchandise that we would like that, that we would, that we would wear that we would enjoy. I want to uh,
0: create the thing I want to consume.
1: Right. And so all the things, all the benefits that we offer are stuff that we feel like that we would want from, you know, from oh, a for podcast sure. that we listen to.
0: Heck yeah, it's awesome!
1: And if uh, if you want to support the show in other ways, Mary, how can they do that?
0: Oh gosh, you can just go talk about us, tell your friends. Like, don't shut up about it. it. Don't shut up about it. Never shut up about D and D. It's the best. Um, you can also talk to us on Twitter at dndlorecast. You can find us in the Robots Radio Network Discord on a Dungeons and Dragons channel, and we are always in there always i'm starting to be concerned that sergio and i don't actually sleep because we're just always waiting to talk about dnd
1: i mean why sleep when you can talk about D?
0: you have to start sleeping on shifts so at least one of us is up
1: i mean i i feel like i'm always up though i feel like i don't sleep enough and i feel like i'm fine with that i feel Not like some... i don't sleep enough i feel like i don't get a lot of sleep and i also feel like it's too much anyway like, I wish that I yeah. slept less. Oh, I, I wish, wish my body would let me. More.
0: I wish my body wasn't needing so much sleep. It's kind of inconvenient sometimes.
1: I mean, yeah, like that's I remember uh someone once asked me like if you could do like if you have any superpower, what would it be? Or like it gave me like a choice like if you could fly or you have like, you know, super speed or what what would it be? And I was like super speed for sure because I could do everything really fast and have more time to do and everything. Um, but if I could pick yeah. any power, it would be not to sleep.
0: I don't know. I enjoy napping though. Like I'm not going to lie. I enjoy sleeping. I just wish I didn't need to as often. Wish I could skip it when I want to and just use it when I needed or when I felt like it.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I just want superpowers.
0: That too. That
1: too. So what else do we do in the <laughs> middle of the show? Well, we also talk oh about gosh. uh D&D so and news.
0: There's so much news and things
1: uh Baldur's Gate 3 Baldur's Gate 3 has been around for a couple of years now. Uh mm-hmm. it's been in early access. So it's been essentially like this uh wide wide like wide access uh beta test essentially. Yeah. You know, uh, mm-hmm. an open beta test as opposed to the normal close where you get a finite yeah. amount of folks who who play the game through, pick out the bugs and all that. Yeah. And so what they've done is they've you could buy it now on Steam, you could buy it now. Um I think actually you can only buy it now on Steam. I was going to say you can buy it now in the store, but you can't go to Steam and buy it. It's an early access version, but they've announced a full release for August of next year. uh, That came with a a new trailer that debuted during the Game Awards. And a a certain ranger with a purple tattoo on his head shows up. Uh, (gasps) No, no mini giant space hamster, hamster though, which is interesting. Maybe you'll have to rescue him. So yeah, I'm wondering what that's all about. But yeah, yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out. Uh they're again this is all subject to the change, but uh Larian Studios is it's they say they're fairly confident they'll be they'll, the August release date will stick.
0: Good, good. Good. That's good to hear.
1: And so, you know, as we're ramping up and going into 2023 into year 4 of the D&D lorecast, so we've got a bunch of cool ideas. One of those is, you know, a Twitch uh stream, a Twitch channel where we mm-hmm. do uh you know D&D cooking like the out of the D&D cookbook. Uh, oh yeah,
0: I'm getting the kitchen ready.
1: Uh mini painting as well as streaming like D&D video games and I don't mm-hmm. see how Baldur's Gate 3 might not you know Is- we might start off if we if we start off in the you know first half of the year we might just yeah. go through the first two and then you know gear up for Baldur's yeah. Gate 3.
0: Absolutely. There's plenty of things we can do on there. It's going to be a hoot
1: a couple of new books have been announced these are prequel novels for the upcoming dnd honor among thieves movie uh nice. they're both coming out about a month before the movie's release, so uh they're slated for february 28th 2023 okay there is a i'd say like adult but i'm not like in like not in the adult sense of like adult video store says it. <laughs> right i mean there's like an adult there's like a there's a young adult which is geared toward like you know like tweens and teens and all that, and then there's right, like, I like you know a a regular book. I don't know. Not to say that YA isn't regular or normal, but it's not like adult in that sense either. <laughs> anyway, I I'm
0: letting you trip over this and not <laughs> say anything. I'm sorry.
1: Anyway, the young adult novel is called The Druid's Call. Mm-hmm. It is by E. K. Johnston, and the. Blurb is discovered Doric's powerful druid origins in this thrilling young adult prequel to the film Dungeons and Dragons: Honor mm. Among Thieves, and like the it. other book, other by... one
0: that's just called a novel. It's my just, dude, it's, it's just, just a novel. Just
1: a novel, and anyone can read it if you want, <laughs> I guess, adult or otherwise. <laughs> is by yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jalee Johnson. It's called oh, The nice. Road to Neverwinter. Every adventuring party has a starting quest. Join Edgin Darvis and his team of heroic, well, occasionally heroic, heisters in this official prequel to the film Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. So you'll be able to get those anywhere books are sold. Uh, we'll definitely list. be talking about those uh, on the on the lore cast, probably as a as a bonus episode, because um, yeah. we like to stick to 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 lore for our our, our you know. Our main episodes for sure yeah um but, but yeah, it's we'll,
0: fun to kind of dabble in some of the other stuff here no, and yeah there. exactly
1: so we'll definitely you know they're, they're coming out in february we'll definitely get our hands on them and let you know mm-hmm. and then i found this other link uh which i think you had posted something to the something similar to the discord uh probably a while back uh the headline is minnesota veterans get help through dungeons and dragons role-playing therapy Mm-hmm. And the article is from the Star Tribune in the Twin Cities about how a couple of counselors, a couple of therapists are using D&D and its role playing aspect to help yeah. soldiers who are suffering from PTSD or from other effects from wartime to be able to communicate better, be able to like, um, like unpack that trauma yeah. and move on from it. And I mean, this is, I mean, this is great. I, 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 I,
0: I'm so happy to hear that.
1: <laughs> I recommend D and D to anybody and everybody. Yeah. Like, you know, people like when I tell folks who aren't really don't know about D that I do this, they're like, Oh, that kind of seems weird. I'm like, dude, you just get to like hang out with a bunch of your friends or a bunch of like, you know
0: I go play pretend in a safe space with my friends. That's right. what and I'm doing. That's, that's what we pretend call pretend. is playing pretend.
1: You get to like pretend to be a hero. hmm
0: It's as a as a person that deals with um some PTSD type stuff having had the opportunity to play through and be involved in D&D has absolutely 100% been a massive force in healing and putting me into a good place again emotionally i think the article i had shared was using it as uh with children as play therapy Mm -hmm. with younger with younger folks as well because it does it absolutely gives you the safe place to work through things and if you need to take a minute you can stop you can pick that back up again later and it's it's just that it's being expanded to more and more and more people people and our especially our veterans as well as a huge win it's a huge win in my opinion that I'm all emotional now. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. I like, I saw it and I saw the article read it and I was like, this is fantastic. I got to talk about this uh, on yeah, the show.
0: Absolutely.
1: And of course, let's end our middle of the show as oh, per yeah. usual with the DMs Guild Corner Pick of, of the Week. Uh, and we're speaking Bahamut. So why not a 5E stat block for oh. the Platinum Dragon Bahamut?
0: Of course.
1: So this is by David Floor. It is pay mm-hmm. what you want with a suggested price of fifty cents, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It is a spot. It's a fifth edition stat block for Bahamut.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, no
1: more, no less. It says this creature is loosely based on how Bahamut has been defined over the years and across several mm-hmm. editions, and the design nice. of that stat block itself is based on the Tiamat stat block published elsewhere.
0: Of course. So Yeah, they should absolutely have some kind con- have some right overlap there you need them to
1: and it's like i said it's pay what you want with a suggested price of 50 cents and it's got 4.5 stars based on nearly 20 ratings so that's folks seem bad. to like it yeah folks like it
0: yeah i like it that's a good uh it's a good batting average there's my sports reference that's there it, it is
1: and you say you're not a sports ball gal
0: i'm not a sports ball gal but i understand the sports balls
1: that's gotta that maybe that's gonna be on your obituary <laughs> instead <laughs> it might be with that let's let's jump to the end of the show let's
0: let's get yeah can we go back to talking about dragons
1: absolutely (laughs) welcome back from the middle of the show we're going to finish off our discussion on bahamut the platinum dragon god
0: Mm -hmm.
1: let's go the god of justice the god of honor the god of valor very much uh, the like the do-gooder type in like the Superman vein. Uh,
0: yeah, he's uh, he's hitting all of the good guy archetypes. He's checking them right. right off the box. Like all the box stuff. Checking them off the list, not off the box. Goodness, it's a good thing I don't have to do a lot of talking today. It's a
1: good thing you are not a podcast host.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing I don't like <laughs> like record myself talking for other people to hear.
1: I know, that's ridiculous. Like, why would you do that? Um, that would be terrible. And like a lot of... Uh, you know, D&D creatures, uh, monsters, you know, characters that are either uh, based on certain archetypes or even based on like real life mythology. And, and Bahamut is no different. Yes. Bahamut is uh, in real life is, I mean, like in real life mythology is right. a monster resembling a giant fish that oh. lies deep below the earth's surface and okay. is actually sort of like the, um, like what underpins the support structure that holds up the Earth. And that's hmm. according to a 13th century cosmographer and geographer that was born in what's modern-day Iran named oh. uh, Zachariah Al-Kwazi- al-Kwazlini. And uh, I think cosmographer might be like probably the dopest profession I've ever heard.
0: That is an excellent job title. It just and- sounds...
1: Like, oh, what do you do for a living?
0: I'm a cosmographer.
1: Right? Like, you'd have to say it like that, too. Mm -hmm. And so in this this conception of the world, the Earth is shouldered by an angel who then is standing on a slab of gemstone, which is in in turn is supported by the cosmic beast, usually portrayed as an ox. And then that ox is being carried on the back of Bahamut, the giant fish. Uh, who is suspended in water for you know for its own stability? You know, being Okay.
0: Right, because the fish are more stable in water. Let me let me just hold on. So the world held up by an angel. Right. Angel is standing on this gemstone slab.
1: Yeah. This slab. Like just like, you know, like a like a you know like a. Uh, I was picturing
0: a mini on a base. I was picturing the base part of the mini. That's what my brain was building it as.
1: Right. 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 And I, I was thinking like a so um, little. Like a like a uh, tether ball, like a little court thing, you know. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 And that is on the back of an ox,
1: right? Oh, uh, ox, that is on the back of the cosmic cosmic beast.
0: beast. Okay, usually portrayed usually, as an yeah, ox. Right. I I've seen a lot more of the turtle as the whole holding of the world thing. So mm-hmm. That's what my brain always pictures. But but then this ox is then sus, is is on Bahamut, the fish which is obviously held up by water because right. fish are floppier otherwise yeah. okay just making sure i got all of that uh information that's
1: i mean when you I come down it. to it it's not any less strange any than, than yeah than some of the other stuff this is true so some lore. so that's i mean that's that's pretty awesome and i and i uh i i do like the D and D lore a little bit more. It, it's
0: yeah. Yeah. So okay, less so. David
1: Lynchian for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And so, so in, where
0: did he hang out though? So like, what was his.
1: Yeah. So part of the D and D lore is Bahamut's palace, which is pretty dope. Uh, so while Bahamut has been known to inhabit virtually anywhere in the guise of a human or a demi-human, there are myths that claim that Bahamut dwells in a great fortified palace, quote, behind okay. the east wind. You know, whatever that Oh, means.
0: Just. All right.
1: This is like there's the wind and there's it's the palace just, behind it. You go it.
0: past the. Go, yeah. When you get to the east wind, go behind yeah, it. You know, and yeah. That's where you. OK. Like once all you right. hit the
1: east wind, you know, you're almost there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just keep going, you'll find it,
1: it's fine. Some sages interpret this as being somewhere on the elemental plane of air, which makes sense, right? That Uh, does make sense, yeah. While others believe that the platinum dragon dwells somewhere on the prime material plane, either in the seven heavens or in the tri-paradises. However, the wisest of sages believe that the palace occupies a pocket dimension between the plane of air and the seven heavens, and that bahamut and his gold dragon court are the dimensions only occupants
0: oh they've got their own private room
1: exactly uh legend says that the crystal palace is covered in glyphs and wards meant to uh protect uh or meant to protect the you know protect it and that these spells mm-hmm. um that humankind has yet to discover which is pretty cool because like just the idea that there like i mean uh, there is magic out there that, that is
0: undiscovered right, and could be I love the open-ended. Hey, we could add to it later.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That, I mean, that sort of world later. building. That's you know, that's an yeah. easy. That's an easy out for for world building and to be able to like add on to stuff later on.
0: Heck yeah.
1: And on the third, on the second and third editions of D and D, Bahamut's Palace is this glittering wonder built entirely from the great dragon lord's treasure hoard. So you've got windows of gemstones in settings of gold and silver you've got walls of inlaid co- uh, copper and ivory you've got floors made out of mithril i mean it's it's pretty that sounds
0: amazing yeah. yeah
1: uh not you know not the least audacious you know not you know very much like you know i mean they're dragons dragons are gonna dragon it's true like it's even true.
0: dragons gonna
1: even as you know as virtuous and honorable and you know right good as Bahamut is, like he's gonna still a dragon
0: still a dragon
1: uh let's see within its walls are the seven great worms that uh, who attend Bahamut's proxies as mm-hmm. well as his uh treasures, his petitioners, spoils of eons of treasure gathering, and of course the bones of would be thieves,
0: of course. I would leave them as decoration and warning, too, if I were a dragon. I'm just going to throw that out there.
1: I mean, not even decoration. just sort of like, you know, a warning. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm.
0: Start building the walkway up to your palace. Like, start at the door and start building away from it with just the bones of people that tried to...
1: There you go. It's
0: the seven-mile bone walk.
1: So in (laughs) the seven-mile bone walk, that sounds... (laughs) Strangely adult. uh That sounds it like it's uh, happening. <laughs> it's
0: from an adult novel,
1: but not that kind. But not that kind the of a novel for
0: grown-ups.
1: Just you know, not it's not for kids, but not like that. Not for kids. So in second and third edition, uh although it usually appears <laughs> in Mercuria, Bahamut's palace either exists simultaneously on the first four layers of Mount Celestia, those being uh, Lunia, Mercuria, Venia, and Solania. Okay. Uh, or it simply moves between all of them at Bahamut's will, carried aloft by a whirlwind, which like, oh, sort like of like backs up the it's behind the east wind sort of you know yeah, I myth like that. And so, and how Bahamut arranged this is unknown. Like, not even other powers in Mount Celestia know. And it's said that many gods, out of just pure curiosity, like, yeah, how do you how do you do that? How do you? That's pretty cool. How'd you do that? Or in order to bring harm to Bahamut, uh, would pay anything in order to gain that secret information.
0: Oh, hey, a new campaign hook.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. And, and you know, in addition to trying to kill him uh, or trying to get his son to kill him. Mm
0: hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Love it. Love it. Love it.
1: Bahamut's palace has open, unkeyed portals on each of its four layers that lead through other gates to his palace on the elemental plane of air or the Astral Void. There is a warden archon named Yonel, who is responsible for guarding the gate to the North Wind on the first mountain. And the gardens for the, the guardians for the other three are Krakowtha at the gate of the South Wind, Moriel mm-hmm. at the West and Ruhio at the East. And archons are these elite group of Celestials in the service of all that is lawful and good. So okay. Like almost like archangels. I mean, that's Archon yeah, Archangel yeah, yeah. sort of thing. Uh it's only it is the only known shortcut to the upper reaches of Mount Celestia, allowing pilgrims to bypass long and difficult climbs. And as such, it's the goal of many pilgrims and invaders, though it is it is too well defended to allow passage for those whose gifts are not deemed sufficiently worthy. And again, like it right. says you know, Bahamut may be the Lord of Good Dragons, but he's still a dragon. You know, he still likes dragons, the shiny gonna? things.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 same. <laughs> Hard same. To, who I doesn't like shiny, shiny thing.
1: things? Yeah. Uh, every traveler who passes through its gates and approaches it uh, approaches is looked at with suspicion by at least one of Bahamut's draconic servants. Um, and then this whole sort of setup uh, changes slightly once we get to fourth edition. And mm-hmm. and so far in 5th edition all we know is that Bahamut quote dwells in the seven heavens of Mount Celestia. But gotcha. in 4th edition, the shining castle Bahamut calls home rests atop Merdion, one of the seven mm-hmm. mountains of Celestia, which is the astral domain of good and just. So, hmm. you know, whereas it essentially floated between the first four layers of Celestia in older editions, the most recent information has it placed squarely on the fifth layer, um, or it's actually like a mountain in fourth edition. Uh Celestia has now become a single large island within the Astral Sea, a domain of seven holy mountains. So it's not really a, a layer, so to speak, but um like a like a really like a like a yeah, like an island that's that's floating around yeah, that okay. you could, I mean if you're if you got a spell jammer campaign, definitely visit it. Yeah. Uh the grand you structure. Have a spell jammer campaign. What's that?
0: Said you should have a spell jammer all right. campaign. If, yeah, we all should.
1: Like, we all should. Everyone should. Just Everyone deserves one. a spell jammer campaign.
0: Pick it up on your next grocery order. It's fine. Uh
1: this grand structure is more than just the palace. Like I said, it's also the location of Bahamut's horde that expands eons. And and this aspect of the palace remains unchanged from addition I to edition. Uh, nice. you know, it's still, you know inlaid with copper and ivory on the inside platinum on the outside it reflects the eternal light of celestia and makes the castle appear like a beacon on the horizon you know so cool walls are made of mithril tiles the windows of gemstone set in silver and gold again you know very similar if not identical to to the description from previous editions and Bahamut viciously pursues, usually by proxy, anyone who attempts to steal from his great castle. Like, after all, like you know, he is a good god, but he's dedicated to justice. So stealing's wrong. Right. Uh, right. And he's also a dragon, so and don't steal my stuff. He definitely.
0: Yeah, he definitely shouldn't do that. Man, the gall of somebody trying to steal from from can you um, the cojones on these guys?
1: No, right. I mean, like you're like you're double like it's like a double whammy because like you're stealing from the god of justice so like i mean you're gonna get punished right and then you're stealing from a dragon so like you're gonna get punished
0: you're gonna yeah yeah i feel like the 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 dragon part's more intimidating to me than the god of justice. oh no yeah exactly
1: for sure uh and so the biggest change um and we're still unclear whether this remains in effect or not in fifth edition is like where the palace is actually located so, what about those who worship Bahamut? Right. Those who um, can become aspects of Bahamut, and the mm-hmm. uh, the exarchs, the like the sort of the champions of Bahamut. So, though all good-aligned dragons pay homage to Bahamut, gold, silver, and brass dragons hold him in particularly high regard, and other even other dragons like um, like even like the evil dragons, uh, except from probably Tiamat. Probably not Tiamat, but other evil dragons, right? Uh, res- at least respect, like grudge- grudgingly respect Bahamut for his wisdom and power. Right. Uh, worship of Bahamut increased during the time of troubles as the Platinum Dragon returned in avatar form for the first time since he was technically killed as Marduk during the right. Orkageate Wars. And it was right. during this time that Bahamut helped quell yet another one of P- Tiamat's plots to conquer the world. Just Tiamat, just you know. You know, just,
0: Out here, just, trying to take over
1: constantly. Uh, I,
0: I'm sensing a theme with the things that I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of here,
1: and that <sighs> that you really enjoy. I do. That you really connect with. <laughs> I do uh,
0: on a weird level.
1: And so Bahamut <laughs> pledged an oath to protect the northeastern Faerunian kingdom of Damara. and as Bahamut mm-hmm. had hoped, this sparked renewed interest in his teachings among non-dragon species. And in the years that followed, good aligned mortals across Faerun heard the call of Bahamut and pledged themselves in service. The elite of these became platinum knights or vassals of Bahamut. Uh, Some were even chosen to undergo the rite of rebirth, transforming themselves into a long forgotten species known as the Dragonborn. And that's one theory as to how the Dragonborn came to be. I like it. And so his followers growing, Bahamut's power also grew, and he once again rose to the level of lesser deity. You know, but obviously anyone who is of a lawful good alignment could conceivably worship Bahamut. Right. You know, dragonborn, you know, human, elf, whatever. Uh, right. In addition to being a deity of both good and metallic dragons, Bahamut is also a god of wisdom and enlightened justice, which is justice tempered with mercy and punishment with forgiveness. So not not only is he like this do gooder, he's also like this like stern but fair father. He's like the Danny Tanner of the Feyrunean pantheon.
0: That's a uh, that's a fair pull. I'll take it.
1: Uh, I'll judges, that one. we'll take. I it.
0: will. I'll allow it. Carry on.
1: There is in fact a knightly order of silver dragons dedicated to Bahamut, known as the Talons of Justice, and their precepts or code is justice and good above all honor and fealty to the king honor and respect to righteous innocence honor and duty to the balancer who is the dragon to her mercy the dragon tamara and to the justice maker bahamut honor and protection to the lesser races or species honor Mm -hmm. and correction to the enemies of justice and good and honor Mm -hmm. and forbearance for oneself so they're very much keep talons in,
0: of justice.
1: Yeah, so it's very much in keeping with that idea of like you know looking out for the little guy, like you know the one the one that yeah you know might not be able to protect themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Just saying, talons of justice, pretty solid title.
1: that's a pretty yeah, it's a good solid one. title. I mean, that's that's a good one uh, because there's like a there's an air of sort of like badassery to it, like uh, talons. There is. You know, those is a great are the
0: talons of justice.
1: And so some powerful paladins and clerics make pilgrimages to Bahamut's palace in hopes of receiving a powerful blessing from the platinum dragon. Bahamut Mm. can also create an aspect of himself from the willing sacrifice of a powerful metallic dragon worshiper. So an aspect is a physical embodiment of a deity or even an archfiend or even some other Mm. powerful being that is this. It's a less powerful version of the original being, and it's often sent to the material plane to assist worshippers or to take part in battles.
0: Right. So just a small chunk of. Right,
1: small like, just piece like, of... Just like just like just a taste, just a little, you know, just a little mm-hmm, nibble. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so this will, willingly self-sacrificed dragon dies, but arises anew as the aspect of the platinum dragon itself. Remembering everything from its previous life and now oh. completely bound to Bahamut.
0: I like that. That's neat.
1: And while Bahamut prefers, uh, you know, for his dragon worshippers to remain dragons rather than sacrificing themselves, you know, becoming the aspect of uh, in, in this manner, right. you know, he still, you know, sometimes uses aspects as long term guardians, ambassadors for crucial diplomatic efforts, or as extra planar uh, authorities who bring to justice villains too powerful for literally like anything less than like the like the little a little taste of godhood right and aspects are something that i became familiar with in third edition i remember they're in the miniatures handbook uh and they're also in fourth edition but i don't think they've shown up in fifth edition as far as i know and i've always liked them because it provides a really interesting way to incorporate deities uh, mm-hmm. in a campaign without like, you know, obviously like if a God shows up, like, you know, what can stand against a God, right? Like, exactly. And so, but so having this aspect, which is, has some of the power of the God, but is a less powerful version, mm-hmm. you know uh, you're like, you're like your player characters might not, might not ever be able to defeat, you know, Bane, and not right like the batman bane but the dnd uh although not like to defeat me <laughs> creating creating a, a bane in D. that's something we i think we have to do at this point
0: he's gotta be warforged
1: yeah absolutely good call uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I, oh no i've never thought about this before carry on
1: <laughs> this isn't something i haven't thought about forever uh, but uh, you know but maybe like they can take on one of the dark ones aspects like in a forbidden right. temple somewhere right uh, additionally bahamut has an exarch who has been tasked with training knights to fight for and to champion bahamut's cause so the exarch oh. of bahamut is the last and greatest paladin from the ancient dragonborn empire of arcosia going okay. by the name of kuyuta he did his best to gather and protect the scattered Dragonborn clans after the empire's fall, and in recognition of Cuyutha's ceaseless efforts to safeguard his people, Bahamut granted him a spark of divinity and instructed him to train a new order of knights on Mount Murtion itself. And so since that day centuries ago, Cuyutha Kuth- uh, has acted as Bahamut's ambassador to the Dragonborn race, has, you know, crisscrossed the world many mm-hmm. times over has been shepherding, shepherding dragonborn clans that find themselves in dire straits and brokering honorable accords when two clans have a dispute they cannot resolve. Okay. Kuy- Kuyutha also seeks out the bravest among the dragonborn to train with him on Mount Murtion and takes the vilest dragonborn villains to face their judgment before Bahamut himself. So Kyutha sounds easy. like pretty awesome. Like Kyutha is yeah. definitely like an NPC that needs to show up in a campaign at some point,
0: at least once. Absolutely, I do like the uh, tie-in with the Dragonborn there, though, because they're they're a fascinating race to me.
1: No, yeah, absolutely species, for sure. Excuse me,
0: it's fascinating species. I apologize.
1: And so yeah, so that's that is the long and short of Bahamut, the Platinum God, uh, Dragon God of Justice, and yeah, I can't the long wait. Of it is, I can't is, wait. <laughs> I can't wait till next week to hear oh, the the flip side of this, the evil and vile Tiamat. And, you know, you say like, you know, you're you're seeing a like a trend. I mean, I'm sure Tiamat's research is going to be infinitely more interesting.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah. I guess like
1: fun as Bahamut was like Tiamat's going to yeah. like it's going to be great.
0: I've been trying to pull links for information. <laughs> I'm just going to get all the things I need to look through in one place. And, then start and go from there. Off. Yeah, absolutely. I'm hyped to see, and then we can uh, we can uh, end the year on a bang.
1: Oh yeah, we got you know we've got Bahamut, we've got Tiamat coming up. We got our patron roundtable where we're going to discuss our our predictions for 2023. Yep. You know uh, the patron roundtables are always a hoot and a holler. We've got some special guests this time around, and so it's gonna it's gonna be fun. Yeah, we're gonna like you said, we're gonna end end the year on a bang. Gonna, gonna gonna jump amazing. into twenty mm-hmm. Uh swords out, bows, uh primed. I don't know. What how what, what, I'm
0: I'm I'm holding I'm gonna hold my action.
1: You're, you're holding that's your action. That's how I'm going into twenty twenty three. A coward's holding way action. out. You're the coward's way out. I'm charging into I'm charging past the door, not checking for traps.
0: Yeah, so I'm holding the action because I'm gonna have to go in and save your ass. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. That's why, you know, that's, you know, our team is, you know, greater than the the sums of our parts. It's true. So thank (laughs) you once again for allowing the D&D Lorecast to be a part of your life for this week. Uh, We hope you continue to do so. and We hope that you uh, bring some friends along with you next time.
0: Absolutely.
1: My name is Sergio.
0: And I am Mary.
1: Fare thee well, dear listener. And until we meet again, may all your twenties be natural. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio
0: Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people.